You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined today by Bruce Adams and Marty Foster. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Let's go ahead and get started today. So, Marty, it's good to see you. How are you today? Oh, I'm absolutely splendid. Thank you very much for asking. How about you, sir? Well, I tell you what, I was splendid until I saw what I saw this morning uh, coming out of uh, coming out of your government. Actually, I'm a little upset about that, even though it's not my country. Uh, I do find it a little unnerving. And we're going to talk about that today. We've got a special guest joining us today. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Healthy, alive. Always healthy and alive. Is it ever any different? Well, I mean, once COVID's over, yeah, I'll probably change that. <laughs> it's not going to be over, Bruce. We're stuck exactly. with it, right? It's, it's not going to be is, over. There is no return to old normal. Bruce, I have, to ask, normal. Yes. I have to ask, because I know it's coming for, for Marty. I know he's going to have to do it. Bruce, are you wearing a mask as you're podcasting with us right now? No. No? Are are you thinking no. of are you thinking of more than just yourself? How how can you do such a thing? How, mm. how can you be mm. how can you be so selfish? Can't you think of the microphone? Can't you can't you take us into consideration by not wearing a mask? I mean, it's, I, sorry, <laughs> it's just that's the level of stupidity we're at right now. It's so, just uh, something in in your tone there, Johnny. Are you actually Greta Thunberg? <laughs> no, no, I can't say that I am. Although I have been listening to a lot of the speeches that she's been given. I mean, excuse me, that she has made. It's something to do with your, the, the timbre of your voice and, and yeah. the, the cadence. It sounds there, like there's just, your native there's just language about is probably Scandinavian. Well, I, I just don't have I don't quite have the, um, you know, the enthusiasm. When she, see, when she speaks and she says something like, how dare you? I just don't have the um, the enthusiasm behind it, you know, to sit there and yeah. and call world leaders, you know, scum to their face, which I mean, I do it in my own way, I suppose, uh, and as don't well we as all. what she just don't did. We so uh, yeah. we're, we're going to talk a lot about that today. But like I said, we've got a very special guest with us today. We have uh, Stephen. You uh, you are English uh, and we, we do have him joining us today uh, from the United Kingdom. And he is an admin at a psychiatric hospital. And we're going to get his take today on what's actually going on from his perspective, from a medical professional perspective, from where he's at, how he's seeing things and what his take is on all this. Uh, and especially with all of the new rules, regulations, mandates and and quite frankly, no offense, BS coming out of uh out of the Tory government over there. I, I'm sure that there's plenty to talk on here today. So, uh, Stephen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. I'm um, I'm very well physically, but quite mad as to what's been going on today with the um, announcement regarding the masks and the fact that uh, there's going to be more coming on from this, that it isn't just the end of it on the 24th. It has been hinted that there will be further measures and in my view, I see it going to masks being worn outside and indoors. What do you think, in your opinion, as a medical professional, what, what do you think is, is the reasoning behind this? Why, why are they taking the stance now? We're supposedly five months into this global pandemic, this quote pandemic. We're five months into this. Why start it now? And moreover, 
why start it 10 days from now? If it's so dire, why start it 10 days from now? Why not immediately? And why haven't we seen it mandated up to this point? Why do you think that they're reversing on it now? Which a lot of U.S. states are doing this as well. But what's your take on that? Well, the, the timing is is um, is just beyond um, you know conception, really. Why do it in 10 days' time exactly? The only thing I can see is, and it's similar to what we did with uh, the poll tax, um, Scotland did it first, although that was the choice of obviously Nicola Sturgeon. But um, um, Boris is a, a, a bit of a populist, and um, I think he's waiting to see where public opinion was going. And certainly from my experience on Facebook posts, um, you know, I've kind of found that uh, the majority don't seem to mind being muzzled. Do you think that's because they don't, you know, don't mind being muzzled? Or do you think it's because they believe that what they're being told is the absolute truth and that the only way to combat the infection now is for everyone to wear a piece of paper or some such of piece of material over their face. I'm very envious of the people who are accepting all of what's been going on for what it is. I sometimes wish myself I was like that. Um, and they just don't see it. It's a bit like um, Simon says, you know, put your hand on your head and, and all that. But they seem to, anything that is said from the government, oh, yes, we must do that. And they just don't seem to look into the whole logic of it and where we're going from, you know, indoors today and then possibly indoors and outdoors going down the line, which is, is what is very concerning. And no, there's no end to the, there doesn't seem to be an end date to all this. And, you know, being so far into to the pandemic, pandemic, it should be, um, you know, we, we should be coming really loosening measures and, and we seem to be going the other way. And, um, well, lots of things around that. And I think the big one for me also was the um, the way we, we hit the date of the 4th of July for the pubs to be reopened, yet on the five to one scale that was regularly shown on the um, press conferences, we haven't actually moved into that area where the pubs should be open, according to the scientific advisors and the government. Just playing devil's advocate here, and bearing in mind that all politicians are only concerned about one thing that's holding on to the power that they've been granted by the people. Because we've got areas of the country where the rate of infection has spiked again recently, particularly Leicester, and and now people are moving around the country more, um, travel's opened up. Do you think that it could be a case of by wearing masks, or rather this is what the government and the advisors think, that by wearing masks they can allow this opening up of you know, travel and more access to places with more non-essential businesses being open if people are using a physical barrier to stop themselves spreading uh, the virus, which I think is just about all you can expect from a mask, but it certainly won't stop you catching it. So if they could, could it be that? Could it be that they're, they're just trying to edge the bets and, you know, mitigate the risk? Or do you think it's something else i would like to think it is that but my worry is because there are a lot of people who've been very insecure feel very insecure now after you know being stuck in probably watching the bbc news every day 
And yeah, but I think it's a false sense of security. And I actually am of the mindset that the mask might in fact make things worse due to the fact that you, you're not expelling fully what you should be. And you are, you know, breathing back in the, the bacteria and the carbon dioxide, you know, and there are doctors, obviously not the mainstream ones, who were saying exactly the same thing. You did mention uh, to, to me in a private conversation about one of these particular doctors. Can you remember any of their names? Because people can look it up and, and see what well, they're saying. Well, you've got a form that you've, I mean, to the very extreme on, and he goes into many other things. You've obviously got Dr. Vernon Coleman, who was, who used to be a doctor, is not practicing at the moment. And obviously, Dr. Butar in, in America, his take on all of this has been very interesting, where he thinks it's going. Um, you know, and obviously, he's expanded into the area of 5G and, and other things. And I mean, I'm not going that far today. And I'm, I've kind of pulled back from that a bit. Um, but do possibly see it as a threat in another way, um, as I think you discussed on on one of your podcasts uh, not so long back. Just just on a on a similar sort of, I wanted to mention this anyway. Um, it's the guy. I, I don't know if Bruce has got any information on this because I know he he looks these things up. But uh, it was a story in Texas about the uh, the guy who attended the party, the COVID nineteen party, to see if he caught it. Now I've looked at all the news reports we've had. It in the Guardian, in, in most of the you know the, the most of our national papers, and uh, and it actually said that um, it didn't actually name the man. So was this a made up story, perhaps? Well, we look at at certain things. I mean, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. What what we see a lot of the times uh, in the United States, what we've seen throughout this is it will be a single case that they'll point out somewhere, and it will be well, this person just mysteriously died of of COVID nineteen, and you don't. You don't get anything else other than the fact that they just mysteriously died. Example, we covered a guy yesterday from Ohio, 37, you know, my home state of Ohio, 37 years old. The guy just supposedly died from COVID. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows. According to the guy's family, there were not any underlying health conditions that he had. I've seen stories of people that have attended these things or that you're talking about, like these parties or whatever, uh, and, and fallen victim to that. And I've also seen cases where someone is completely healthy and then all of a sudden it just happens. But that's not the same in all cases. I mean, we're talking about a stray case here and there and, and everywhere else. That can happen at any time from anything, whether that's the flu or whether that's uh, a souped up uh, version of, say, like some type of uh, pneumonia or, or something of that nature. That can happen. That can happen. But where I'm at on this is I don't believe that we need to be shutting down society just because of this. Moreover, to the point in the United States, what we're seeing, and I, I would venture to say that because you're taking the steps in the UK, now I can't be sure of this. This is just purely speculation from my standpoint. The steps that you're taking in the UK right now and the steps that now Emmanuel Macron is starting to take in France, I would bet you, I would almost bet you that the agenda that we're seeing played out in these countries is exactly what's happening in the United States. And let me explain what's happening in the U.S. as far as counting cases, because we're hearing cases, infections, 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 but we're not hearing anything about deaths. We're just hearing cases are spiking, cases are spiking. They're spiking in two states primarily, Texas and Florida. Those are the, quote, largest spikes that we've seen. Now, why is that? Both of those state governors Governor Greg Abbott in Texas and Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Both of those governors made public statements at the beginning of all this three and a half, four weeks ago saying 
we're not going to close down again. We're just not going to do it. I find it very funny that those are the two states now that we're seeing the largest number of cases and they're starting to roll back on things now. This is economic warfare, in my opinion, gentlemen. This is not about public health. I understand that there's issues surrounding potential virus in in the population and all that stuff. I understand that. But at the same time, we have an out of control national government from whatever country you come from, whether it's the United States, whether it's France, whether it's Italy, whether it's Spain, whether it's uh, the UK, these governments are using this as an opportunity to seize on a, on an aspect of control here. And that's precisely what they're doing. But the way that they're counting these cases is is insane. It's insane. And I learned last night, I haven't gone over this with Bruce yet, but we will probably just do this on the fly. I learned last night in the US, they're doing something called legacy counting. Now, legacy counting is bad enough in and of itself. On top of that, we covered earlier last week that the new method of counting that's been handed down by the CDC and the NIH in the United States, they're doing contact tracing. Contact tracing, I know you guys have employed contact tracers in the UK as well. Contact tracing is, this is how they're counting them in the US. One person is diagnosed with COVID-19, and that includes a headache and also a subjective fever, I might add. They are now being hit with contact tracers, and they are to confirm up to 16 additional cases without them showing symptoms or being verified as being positive. They're just counted as confirmed. So you have a you have a case by case basis that's multiplied by a factor of 16 just by itself. On top of that, as of yesterday, we figured out they're doing something called legacy counting now, meaning what? They're taking the old data, the original numbers from way back when, when all this started from three or four months ago, because no one's paying attention to that. And they're stacking those numbers on top of the overinflated by factor of 16 numbers they're showing now. So again, we're getting infections, infections, infections. The death rate's not there. The death rate's actually falling. However, they've gone the extra step now of, well, everything's COVID. George Floyd. Everybody remembers George Floyd. He died of COVID-19. This is what they're doing. This is precisely what they're doing. So like I said, I would venture to say that this is precisely the agenda you're seeing played out in the UK and as well as France. And I'm sure they're going to take it everywhere else. They're just testing to see what they can get away with. Had in our paper that all our papers about, uh, well, put it this way, I'd be very, the way they've portrayed um, this, the United States at the moment, I'd, I'd be loathed to uh, to come over at the moment. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it, they make it sound like you know you go out and um wham you've oh, kind of it's got, day of the uh, dead over there yeah it's day yeah. of the dead over there apocalypse is you know the, the world is the end of the world is nigh i mean it's it's there yes yeah yeah the, it is that that it's a it's a media hatchet job on a, on a on a whole country the way things are being reported and it's all to in my opinion to hype the, the fear up um but what is worrying is you know boris now uh, for us anyway, Boris Johnson. I don't want to believe that he's part of the problem. I'd rather believe that he was the um, happy-go-lucky, can't believe he's finally got to be prime minister kind of chap and not be some kind of Machiavellian instrument uh, in all of this. I can believe it of Macron, but you know my opinion of the French. And that is the problem with most of us Brits. We don't want to believe that our government could be doing this to us deliberately. We'd rather believe that's how most people are, I think. And again, I can only speak for myself, but I'm just guessing that most people just want to believe that the government's acting with the best of intentions. But when you look at it, like Stephen said earlier on, why the 24th of July? 
Why in 10 days' time? What possible difference does that make? And, of course, they'll say something else to allow people to get masks so they can go outside and, um, you know, so that people aren't limited in that way. But there's loads of uh, – everyone's got the internet these days. Most people have got a pair of scissors and a pair of underpants. And there's loads of really good demonstrations on how to make a, a, an effective mask out of other items of clothing. So well, I think there's a bigger I, danger here. I, I think there's a bigger – I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt here, but I think there's a no, bigger danger fine. in the fact you have a government that's ordering people to wear something against their will. To me, that's the bigger issue here. Would you not agree? Not if, if, it, not if it's for the right reasons. I'm sorry. I, I'm just not like that. As I'm used to following orders. I've spent most of my life in the armed forces or working for agencies and businesses that work in and around the armed forces, and I'm used to taking orders. So, I mean, I've worn a respirator for, for two weeks at a time. So wearing a mask to me is, you know, one of these little cloth ones is is no big deal. But if it's for the wrong reasons, if it's just one more way of seeing how far they can push a populace, then I've got a problem. And unfortunately for me, we don't have the Second Amendment in the UK. Otherwise, we might take the same sort of actions that we've seen in the US. I find it rather strange that the only papers, like the scientific papers that we're seeing, are the ones that are put out by studies from, quote, I'm doing the air quotes, quote, scientists from Beijing. This is what we're basing all of this on. Now, I don't think I have to tell you that the agendas that are being tossed down, I mean, it's pretty clear where they're coming from. It's, it's coming from the WHO. And we all know who they're in bed with. And then on top of that, you've got the you've got the papers, the research papers that are coming out from that we went over yesterday. Uh, Bruce and I went over them yesterday talking about how people should be looking at wearing masks inside their houses. This is a direct agenda that's coming out of the CCP in China, in my humble opinion, based on everything that we covered yesterday. So I, I do have a problem with this. I, I do have a problem with this. And I have a problem with any government that puts it down onto their people like this based on where it comes from. So that's my issue with it. I do agree that, you know, I see where you're coming from as far as following orders. And there are those people out there, like you said, that don't want to believe that their government would do something like this. They, they don't want to believe that. They're banking on that. I'll put it that way. I think they're banking on that. They don't want people to believe because the bigger the lie, the more people are going to believe it. The more over the top it is, then that's how it's going to be. You yeah. think, oh, no, that's that's just no, there's no way that they would do that. Oh, yes, they would. They're doing it right now. They're doing it right now. And so, yes, it is, in my opinion, it is the latter of what you said. It's they're pushing. They're pushing to see how much they're going to get away with. That's what it is, in my the fact opinion. That the, yeah. And do you know what? It's a it's a good opinion, I, I think, because if you apply Occard's razor to everything that's going on at the moment, when you cut away all the crap, it's obvious to me, the world has outsourced just about everything to Asia, all the manufacturing taking place within China, all the electronics and tech companies within China. Our research, our, probably our most dangerous you know, risk-laden research that I think released this virus on us is outsourced to, to China. You know, you had all kinds of agencies within Europe and America and Canada giving live cultures to the Wuhan uh, laboratory. And, and look what's happened. And money. Yeah, it's A all been outsourced. So it's no surprise that the majority of the scientists 
that are commenting on this and where the advice is coming from are also in China because that's where all this kind of work was being done. It's like we used to send our waste, our garbage around the world to be processed and then found that they weren't actually processing it. I'm not talking about the Chinese necessarily, but, you know, other Asian countries. Um, And then we find that the sea is just full of plastic bottles because the stuff got sent out there on big ships and then they did nothing with it apart from ditching in the sea. So I'm I'm not trusting that. I hate to say it, I'm not trusting an entire continent at the moment. It is our first responsibility as responsible citizens of our respective nations, where no matter where we come from, to always question authority. That's just my opinion, right? That's just my opinion. That's the rebel streak of, of me that's an American, right? You always yeah, question unfortunately, authority. Unfortunately for me, I've spent so long in uniform and working in other disciplined areas where if you question authority too much, you wind up in a lot of trouble. So I can respect that. I I know I can respect that. I wasn't saying anything against that. No, I, I can respect that. I'm just looking at it from a sense of a concerned citizen towards my governmental body, as you said in the beginning, that have been delegated powers that we the people have allowed them to have. Now, if we allow them to have that power, then it's our responsibility as responsible citizens to make sure that that power is kept in check. And that includes holding them accountable and to question their authority at all times. That's the only point I was trying to make to it. It's a great point if there would, and you know, I'm not being patronizing here, but if there was some way of when public opinion finally swings in the right direction and more and more people see what's happening and think, hang on, this is totally wrong. If we had a button we could press that would, if enough people pressed their buttons, would immediately trigger a general election, that would be great. You'd you'd suddenly get this noise inside the Houses of Parliament. There's a game show here in the UK called Family Fortunes, and I think you have the same thing in the the States. You just hear, "Ah, ah," and that would instantly trigger a general election, and we could get rid of these lousy buggers that are seemingly screwing us over. I want to jump over to our guest here for just a second. I heard something come out of you early on, and I have to admit, I'm curious, and I and I heard Marty mention it just a little bit there. He kind of started, you started down that rabbit hole just by, and I wrote it down. I thought, all right, I'm going to go back to that, and, and I'm going to do it now. And then I heard, uh, I heard Marty key on it just a little bit there. You mentioned the word plandemic. Now, I've heard that word before. I've heard that agenda touted before. And so when you said that, now I don't want to get too conspiratorial here, but I mean, we've talked about the way that this agenda is moving. We've looked at the individuals that are involved, the way that they've flip-flopped on their um, dances and their attitudes towards certain things and how they've backtracked on everything. And now they're implementing lunacy policies like they're doing now, these illogical decisions that, that are being handed down that don't make any sense such as the, the mass mandate that's coming in the UK, why 10 days from now? Makes no sense. When you said pandemic, and we know that that's been a, a big documentary as well that's been put out. Quite frankly, it was a, um, I saw parts of it uh, and it was very well done. And I can believe the woman that put it out uh, as far as her credentials and the people that she was commenting on in there. So I'll, I'll give her credibility for that. Uh, but is that what you were referring to? Was that particular documentary or were you talking about how this entire thing is an agenda in and of itself. 
I watched that pandemic. I, I couldn't actually recall now, um, but I did watch the um, the YouTube video when it was allowed on there. Um, but for example, I mean, like I mentioned, the Fourth of July business with the pubs being reopened in Boris's, or in not Boris's, but in this graph or graph or this picture we had of the different stages of where we would be depending on what number we were at within the you know the one to five kind of um five being the you know we had to be really um locked down and maximum kind of measures to the one where basically it's eradicated but you mentioned the, the for example the masks the advice on that i mean there was a study done recently i think it was the university of california i think that's the one they've been kind of looking at a lot when i say they i mean the government the scientists what have you um so i went back and looked at that university and actually found um quite substantial funding in 2008 by the bill and melinda gates foundation who seemed to be uh-huh. involved in absolutely everything uh-huh. um um and it's amazing it's amazing. You go around, you start kicking doors open, you know, theoretical, you know, uh, theoretical doors as in, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. You go around, you start kicking doors open when you're doing research. That guy's everywhere. He, he's everywhere. I, I don't know why, but you, you start going around and you're like, you're looking into certain things. You're like, wait a minute. Uh, there's Bill Gates. OK, well, I'll go I'll go over here and I'll look somewhere else down this this rabbit hole. Well, wait a minute. Here's Bill Gates again. And then you go somewhere else. And then, well, here's George Soros. And then, well, here's Bill Gates. I mean, these are the same faces over and over, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're all there. I mean, we've we've actually got, um, and this is a well, it is sort of related because it's one of these things where um, the biggest advocates for masks are the same ones who were supportive of the um, Black Lives Matter um, movement and their demonstrations and their lack of regard to social distancing. And it's just, you know, it's it's really angered me today that they, you know, there's going to be fines of. Hundred pounds or fifty pounds if you pay it straight away if you enter a shop without a mask. Um, yet there was very few prosecutions uh, relating to people who, at the time, were breaking the law or are temporary laws that have been brought in over this COVID nineteen situation. And uh, there are there just so many things. Um, we've there was a behavioural expert who's been obviously working for the um, is, is one of these ones on the panel. Um, advise the government and she has ties um she has some sort of tie with um or was involvement with bill gates and also i believe she donated money to uh jeremy corbyn and i think she's sort of regarded as a communist so you know that's quite worrying having somebody involved in um advising about human behavior and you know how to get them to do you know what you want them to do who's a communist basically and, and you, you just go on and on and you can just read so much you can you, you don't have to delve too far to find there's some connection you know you talk about joining the dots and i probably joined far too many dots but uh, you just see more and more of of well there's other people behind all this and you know um i mean, I, I personally believe boris has been got at um he's his spouse is a i think she's a bit of a lefty um and uh it's carrie you know, simmons yeah speaking of. yeah okay yeah and so i think she's had some you know you don't know what influence there is there as well apart from all the other pressures that are obviously coming from somewhere else yeah tin, tin for hat time guys tin for all right hat hold on time. a second let me get it hold on i got it all right I, do i need my mask too my tinfoil mask no no we can leave the masks we're in we our leave own the mask off okay all right 
Do you remember, and, uh, and I know, Stephen, you listened to some of these podcasts that we did a while back. Um, about four months ago, it was me saying, are people joining up dots that aren't really there and, and uh, drawing conclusions that uh, are just too far out there? In the last four months, and it may be because I've spent nearly all the time in my own home, I've changed my mind. I really have. And uh, I've got my tinfoil hat on, so I'm allowed to say this. They're going to get us to mask up as of the 24th of this month. And my prediction is that those masks won't come off until that vaccine, which they first of all said, oh, we've already got one. Yeah, it, it works and everything. And the next thing you know, now it's going to take seven months to test. So they went straight to human testing, which was unheard of in the world of Big Pharma to do that because they're normally too scared of, uh, of litigation. But in this case, they've done it. So I reckon that we'll be given a choice. You have the vaccine or you continue to wear masks. And I tell you what, I'm going to have to get a stockpile of masks because the last thing I'm going to do is let anything that Bill Gates has had anything to do with into my, um, you know, into my veins. So you know, there we go. You, you said about stockpiling masks. I'm betting if it's going to be the road that you just described, mask is going to be the last thing that I'm stockpiling. I assure you, my friend. Well, like I said, you've got the Second Amendment and access to all kinds of good things. We don't. So we'll, we'll have our trusty umbrellas in one hand and a newspaper rolled up in the other. But that's about all the weaponry we'll we'll have access to on that if we're talking okay, about. Okay, so I, I want I wanted to I want I just wanted to finish off here. Uh, I just wanted to round off this point that you mentioned that I do have the Second Amendment, Marty. Well, where I am, I don't have it at the moment. I'm a little hindered in that. You know, I'm a, I'm a legal law-abiding person, but when it comes to mandating what you're going to put in me, and we have a difference of opinion, I don't care Second Amendment or not, I, I will stand up for that and I will not uh, I will not live like that. I'm not one of these conformists. I, I'm not one of these uh, these people that will wear a mask in my house or in in my car alone. I will not I will not comply to that. I will not just on principle. Always stand on principle, even if you stand alone. And that's where I stand. I will stand on that and I will hold true to that. And this this omnipotence that they're displaying as far as the state saying that you have to do this or we're going to fine you. I'm sorry. Go to hell. Go to hell. That's the way you want to play it. That's fine. I'll push back. I don't care what I have to do. I will stand for that. Because if we don't stand, if we don't have that conviction about ourselves to do what we believe is right, what we believe is true, then what do we stand for? If we don't stand for that, then what do we stand for? The difficulty in standing for anything at the moment is if you stand alone, you do just that and nobody pays any attention. What they've done, again, ply a, you know, a, a looking at the situation as as it's arisen, they have divided us so effectively with the BLM issue, with issues of climate change. Now on vaccinations or no vaccinations, they are dividing us so we can't stand. Even if we see the truth, it's very difficult to organise enough people to stand with you so that they take notice. And if this is some big plan, they're not going to take any notice anyway. They're going to press on with it, aren't they? They're, they're going to continue. You've said it yourself that the new world order is in its end game. And yep. a lot of these things, these things that are happening right now, 
have been decades in the making. They will not listen to popular opinion. Trump should not be president. He should not have been voted in, not according to their plan, but he was. And Boris Johnson and who either. knows? Boris Johnson as well. Yeah, or, or, or the Brexit vote. None of these things should have happened. They're not part of the plan, but they have happened. And so I think they brought things forward. Some of the things that we're seeing, yeah. the, the, the COVID outbreak and all the rest of it, they yeah, may right. have gone off. You're absolutely you know? right. So, and I don't want to think like this. I do not want to think like this, but it's everything that's happening. Uh, and four or five months ago, it was me trying to be the voice of reason on here. I'm sure you'll back me up saying, oh, yeah. you know, are we really joining? Are the dots that we're joining up really there? But the more and more, uh, the more ridiculous this whole thing gets, like you've got to wear a mask in a shop, but in 10 days time. If it's that important, why not tomorrow? Obviously, we are not far away from 2021, which I believe it was Agenda 2021. And obviously, then the the ongoing thing from there is the Agenda 2030, when that is also supposed to apparently coincide with um, 6G. So, I mean, I I just, as I say, the the dots just keep connecting for me. But um, yeah, I, I, with regards... Um, obeying the law on the masks I, I obviously because I understand the anxiety of the other people I would do in the shops pretty um, you know obviously I'm, I'm, I'm anti but I will do that but if it goes on to outdoors as well that's when I'll stop because there is no evidence at all that uh, they would make any difference and I would just see that as another you know step stage in the control um, process so for so that that stops for me if it goes outside for convenience you know for the fact that in the, the day you have got to go into the shops and albeit you might try and limit it but uh, the other alternative of course is to then order everything online and put the money in the pockets of uh, the likes of Amazon and mm-hmm. companies like that so mm-hmm. yeah so that's, that's precisely what they want it. that's yeah. precisely what they want you're absolutely right you're, you're down you're down the right road I believe you mentioned there about uh, drawing the line as it relates to um, being mandated to wear these things outside, which you know that's where they're going to go with it. You know that's where they're going to go with it. Now, you as a medical professional, you you do have to wear masks in the medical field, yes? I mean, you do wear them, yes? I We've been fortunate because what they've had is they've made like, uh, because we've all worked in this office, they've made like socially distancing measures. And also, so they've designated us as a COVID secure area. So in fact, we don't have to wear masks in mm-hmm. our office where we work but they are having to wear them um in the clinical settings you know on the wards etc um, and i was just going to say with regards to our trust because i think that i do have a bit of information as regards we actually had two deaths so far at our trust and they were probably on the dementia ward so um, i'm not you know minimizing that but it's quite possible these people would have died anyway but i just thought that'd be sort of a you know interesting kind of figure for just 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 give you an idea what's happening in psychiatric hospitals for numbers of deaths really so you said um, they would have died anyway you said that there were people that probably would have died anyway so what are you saying that there was an age factor involved here what, what were the age oh, like yeah, what was the demographic they would, yeah they would have been i mean i don't know the ages of them but they were they were on dementia wards so i would assume which 
she probably shouldn't, but they were, you know, of, of quite of an elderly. Um, okay. So, yeah. But as I say, I don't know the, the figures. So they are quoted, you know, you can find them anywhere. So I'm not revealing anything confidential, but they, we, right, yeah, we right. just have the two. So that isn't a huge figure. I'm just, just saying that, you know, would that be the normal kind of figure that we would have got anyway with regards deaths? Right. And that's what we've seen with a lot of the classifications that are happening in places like the United States and, and other areas, even here in Germany. You know, you had mentioned about uh, you guys were kind of amazed by the, the number of low cases here. Well, that's because largely they haven't really messed with a lot of the numbers. And on top of that, the Germans from the start have manufactured and produced their own testing kits. They haven't had them brought in. If you look at Italy, you look at France, you look at Spain, you look at the United States and the UK to a great extent, where'd we get our testing kits in the initial stages? We got them from China. <laughs> so China. all the China. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, China, excuse me. Yes, we <laughs> we got them from uh from China. So the fact is is that here, they haven't largely messed with the numbers, although there was a very prominent German doctor. He was a forensics investigator. He's been doing that for three decades, at least that I was able to extrapolate from what I saw the interview that he gave. He comes out on national television here. He gives an interview on 200 postmortem investigations that he had made in uh, in the Hamburg area up north from where I am. And he said every single person that was classified as a COVID death that he investigated and examined personally, every single one that were all classified as a COVID death, they all died from something else. Every single person died from something else. They had an underlying condition of some kind. It was uh, cirrhosis of the liver. It was emphysema. It was old age. It was it was, it was something other than actual COVID itself. The entire time that he was doing an investigation and the government called him in. It's not like he he just kind of made this up out of out of nowhere. They called him in because he's one of the most experienced people in the entire nation here to be able to properly diagnose and find out what's going on physiologically. And those were his conclusions. And what happened? What happened? Does that sound like it fits the WHO narrative? No. He was doxxed. He was shut down. He was ridiculed. I mean, the very next day, the very next day after stating everything that he had uncovered in his findings, what possible agenda would he have? Like, what possible reason would that guy have to risk a lifelong career that he's had? What possible reason would he have to make all that up? Well, none, unless he was part of the Green New Deal and wanted to make sure that people were <laughs> yeah, right. killed en masse. Did right. you see the woman screaming out for people to eat babies, by the way? Uh, yes, I did. Way? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. at an AOC rally. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. Now, now look, this is one of the, the, the issues I have. You said a moment ago, Johnny, that Germany possibly haven't fudged the figures as much as other oh, countries they have. around. They, they have. It's just they haven't. Yeah, it hasn't that, that quite would been be as... something that I wouldn't understand if the world leaders, and I see the EU as part of this plan, if the world leaders were all of the same mind and were working towards the same goal and putting these restrictions on us unnecessarily and deliberately to see how far they could push us to get a reaction from us, then, then why why would they? Why, why would a, one country use a different reporting method than another country so that the the figures, the R rate, or whatever you want to call it, the death the the death numbers uh, attributed to COVID? Why would they use different reporting methods? 
And well, I don't I think expect in, you to give me an answer to that because I don't think, well, you can I might try, have but... I might have one. And when I say this, is what I'm about to say, Bruce, you can back me up on this one, I think. What we're looking at in the United States specifically as it relates to other countries, we're looking at a massive, a massive insurance fraud game. That's what we're looking at. Bruce, do you have the, the numbers off the top of your head of what we were seeing as far as payouts to hospitals when they would diagnose a case? Yeah. So if they diagnosed just COVID-19, uh, and they uh, they were being treated there, it was $14,000 they would get. If they needed a ventilator, the patient needed a ventilator, and they were designated COVID-19, they would get, I believe the figure was, was it 36000 Yeah, $36,000. Somewhere in that round, yeah. So it, comparatively, if it was just influenza, it was $4,000 for just treating the patient. And I'm wanting to say it was ten to 14000 if it was, uh, the, they, they needed a ventilator, so. So- and if the patient dies, yeah. if the patient dies, under, they get even more. Yeah. Wow. But so under those circumstances, it's the corrupt hospital administrations that are taking advantage of the situation. Because, Big Pharma and the insurance companies as well, yes. Yeah. Well, hang on. Surely the insurance companies are the ones paying out. So it can't be the insurance companies. No, it's the government. It's it's like Medicaid or Medicare that that's paying oh, it off. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. So, it's, so it's, yeah, okay, I, I get you now. So I um, don't think that all countries, as you said, I, I'm not disagreeing with you here. I don't think all countries are involved in this massive conspiracy. Otherwise, you would see that kind of thing. However, there are fudge numbers any way you look at it in whatever respective country you come from. It's just that way. They've messed with the counting numbers. They've messed with the classifications so much that it's so confusing now that we don't know even as people that I mean, we just want that's all we've ever asked for here is raw data. I want the real data, but we can't even get it at this point because they don't even know it. They've screwed with it so much at this point that we can't verify 100 percent one way or the other. That's all I would like. That's all I would like is just good or bad, good or bad numbers. I want the real data. I'm all about data. Bruce is all about data. We're all about factually proven things that we can actually put forth, but they don't even have them. Yeah. This is just a bit of a dig at the Labour Party because I like to do that, same as I like to dig at the French. But this concept of one confirmed COVID case going into contact tracing and becoming 17 cases, even Diane Abbott would be able to see there was something wrong with those sums. I I don't know if you're familiar with Diane Abbott, but... I am, yes. um, yes. Yeah. Maths is something that happened to somebody else when it comes to Diane Abbott. And she was the sad shadow home secretary as well. I don't know if she still is. I think she still may be, which is absolutely unbelievable. Anyway, yeah, the way in which the figures are reported, it should be uniform across the globe. I mean, there should be no difference to the way... We report COVID deaths and record the number of COVID deaths compared with any other country in Europe and indeed any other country around the world. I don't understand why it is different unless it is to manipulate us, unless it's being used as a tool to manipulate us. Again, holding Ockard's razor up to the situation, you cut away all the nonsense, the stuff that simply can't be true, and all you're left with is this stark fact that they are fudging the figures to keep us scared and to keep us under control. That's just it, because fear is the bigger weapon here. That's very important to understand, because fear 
is a bigger weapon than any virus could ever be. If you keep the population scared enough, then you can get them to do whatever you want. And that's precisely where they are. If you look at at videos of people that are put out from people's phones, what do they do? You see someone in a shop somewhere that's not wearing a mask. They're publicly shamed. They're ridiculed. They're humiliated. What kind of an attitude is this? How on earth have we fallen so far? How can you get and you know, you know exactly, Marty, who these people are that are doing that kind of stuff and behaving like that. They're the shufflers. They're the shufflers. They are the broken conformist type. They're the ones that will do whatever they're told. They sit in their houses. They watch CNN and the BBC all day, every day. And that's their gospel. That's what they believe. They believe they're probably sitting there in their houses by themselves wearing a mask, watching it, I might add. And they believe if they set foot outside and they see somebody that's not doing precisely what they're doing, then they're the ones that are committing murder. This is the mindset of these people. It's even worse than that, though. They're they're also saying now that if you're one of the ones that are out in public and not wearing a mask, then you're holding us back. That's why we can't open up. That's why things are shutting down again. It's because you aren't following directions. Yeah, it's a... Uh... A classic, not diversion tactic, is it? It's uh, they're diverting blame on reprojection. It's a reprojection. Yeah, yeah. But you're saying that, you know, their major weapon is fear. And I'm only mentioning this to lighten the mood. Do you remember the Monty Python sketch about the Spanish Inquisition? (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Our main weapon is fear. Fear and a fanatical devotion to the Pope. And then it goes on to a comfy chair and some other things as well. But that seems to be what we've had, one thing after another, doesn't it? There's a whole arsenal of weapons that has been brought to bear on the general populace. And the shufflers, they're not even noticing the hits. They're just carrying on. So in all of this, who's got the better end of the deal, really? Because whatever is going to happen seems to be going to happen. And the shufflers are still happy, uh, are still sort of satisfied that their government is looking after them and and everything's going to be okay. Where, (laughs) I hate to say it because it sounds arrogant, but perhaps some of the more deeper thinkers and the enlightened ones amongst us uh, are starting to question exactly what's going on. I draw short of the full... You know, it's a conspiracy and it's doing this and doing that because I'm still not really there yet. I still don't absolutely believe it. But the more and more I hear, the closer I'm coming to that position. I just hope that uh, I, I wish actually we were all wrong and that um, that it was, you know, it is what it is. But it, I don't think it is. It's um, there's just too many uh, variables and things that don't add up that you know, makes you draw all these dots together and think it is a, it is a, a, an element of controlling people rather than, you know, actually looking after your population. Stephen, I had a question for you. Uh, I, I would like to know, without mentioning names, because I certainly don't want to get anyone, you know, implicated here, but just as a general sense, right, I, I just want to get your take. I want your opinion. Just as a general sense, as you being in the medical profession as you are and around the people that you're around every day, doctors, nurses, orderlies, things that things of that nature. What's the general consensus of the medical staff that you work with as far as everything that we're seeing with all this? What, what's the general consensus? What's the general feeling you get from everyone? Are they of the opinion that the government's going and 
possibly just a little bit too far with all this? Or are they buying into the hype and they're getting into it and they're the the shufflers and the conformists that we're talking about? What, what's your opinion on that? Well, from what obviously we, we're a little bit of an isolated department, but from what I've seen and certainly through contacts on Facebook, they tend to be conformist and shufflers, I think. They just see, you know, they see masks, for example, as just a safety element and necessary. And um, I think that's what I got when I put something about masks to a like a, a ward sister, ward manager. I think they call them ward managers now. And she she basically said to me, oh, because I said about the discomfort and other things and how they can make you feel ill and all that sort of thing. And she said she acknowledged sort of some of that, but she her main message was, yes, but they're necessary. So that was kind of the message I got from most people, actually, that generally I think they're supportive. So very sad, very sad. Yeah, I, I kind of I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, wait a minute. I mean, just on the surface, as somebody who's a non-medical professional, I, I'm not I'm not trained in anything having to do with that. But I do have medical professionals that I know in my life and, and I've met throughout my life. And I think to myself, hang on a minute. You're the medical professionals. You're the experts. You're the people that are supposed to know better and to be able to see through this and educate the rest of us. Or am I seeing that completely wrong here? Because, I mean, that that's how I see it. Yeah, but the issue um, is it's a, it's a novel virus, isn't it? And because it had to be a brand new virus that we'd never seen before for this to work, if it is a plan. And, and because it's a new thing, the, the rule book hasn't been written for it. So the rule book is being written by these experts as things progress, as, as the pandemic spreads across the face of the earth so that they can say anything they want. I know medical healthcare professionals and administrators who are working inside a hospital and even though they're in individual offices, while they're in the building, they have to wear a mask while they're working. Even though they've all been spaced out into individual offices, no one's working in the same small office anymore. They've all been moved around. Um, many of them are working from home two days a week and in the office three days a week to to make up for that workspace, uh, to allow for you know the, the social distancing. And they're actually wearing masks while they're in an office by themselves indoors. So that's what they're being told. And a lot of these people I absolutely trust. I don't necessarily agree with their conformity, but in their mind, it is necessary. They believe fully because that's what they have to do. They have to trust the scientists who say it's necessary. I would just like to add, I'm not trying to stomp on your opinion here by any stretch. I, I, I wouldn't do that. I have a lot of respect for you. You're talking about a group of health experts, scientists, doctors, whoever, right? They're coming at us with these people because historically, we as good-minded people in society, we trust them. We're talking about public health. We're talking about our yeah. lives. We're talking about our families' lives. Why would they lie to us? This is precisely why they're using them. And on it's top a, of that- It's a social negotiation. When, it is. When a high-powered high solicitor walks into a doctor's office- yeah. But when a high-powered solicitor walks into a doctor's office, this social negotiation happens, and suddenly the doctor is the expert, whereas the, the legal professional, who in his own world calls the shots, when he walks into a doctor's office, he has to accept what the doctor says. Likewise, in education, in military training, you sometimes get a, a lowly sergeant training a colonel. And for the period of that training, the colonel has to accept that the sergeant knows better than him. And that's what's happening. So if we are being conned, 
we're being conned from the very highest level. So, you know, it makes me angry to even think that. But where's the smoking gun? That's what I want to know. I'm sure there must be one somewhere. Where's the smoking gun that will prove that we're being lied to, prove that we're being manipulated? That's what I'd well, like to I, see. I think the fact that they've been wrong about everything up to this point, yet we're still employing them, that would be a good start. I mean, that, I, that in my opinion, I'm just looking at it from a matter of perception because we're being told to do all of these things that don't make any sense. And we don't go back to life until we do exactly what these people say who've been incorrect about everything. So that's my which, smoking gun. Yeah, which is where we need that button I was talking about earlier that goes ah, ah, and immediately triggers yes. a, a general election because- yes. All of these scientists and these groups of advisors are being hired and selected by our politicians. So we need new politicians, basically. I think until we get rid of the shadowy group behind all of them, as in uh, Stephen brought it up about when you start going down certain rabbit holes and you start looking into university funding, laboratory funding, you look into uh, who's doing research on what, you start kicking doors open. It's the same faces everywhere you go. So we can get rid of politicians all day long, but it's the people behind the corrupt politicians that we need to be paying attention to, which we do. We do. But at the same time, we also have to figure out a method to get that entrenched network rousted and, and get them out. That's going to be the bigger issue. Let's do some closing points. Stephen, I want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, and I want to go ahead and give you uh, give you the floor here, let you have a closing point, and then we'll get to Marty and to Bruce, and then I'll, I'll round it off. Okay. And, and thank you very much for having me on. Um, sorry, it was a bit late, but... Uh, <laughs> um, it's okay. We're never on time. So. Just my just my my closing point really is um, it was a bit of, I mean it's been a great day for news for, for coming on here but uh, we had the the latest projections for this winter could be well they've, they've done the sort of middle for, for deaths due to COVID nineteen related deaths um, they've put a, a, as a, a median of of one hundred and twenty thousand but anything between twenty four and a half and two hundred and fifty thousand in that second wave prediction and I just think where do they get this information from and and how much of this is going to be you know if we do get those numbers of deaths how much is it just going to be down to your seasonal flu and other respiratory conditions that's just the point I wanted to close on really they are going to run wild with this I was I've been saying that for the last week when it comes to the flu season this this year oh they're going to go crazy with this stuff you better believe it they are going to go crazy with this uh it, it will be that uh, I believe they're coming up with these numbers, these numbers they came up with in the beginning. What was it going to be? Right. It was going to be millions dead, millions dead. Unless we did this came from the same person, it came from Neil Ferguson from a university that you guys have over there. That's where they came from. And we shut down everything based on his wild prediction. So it's yeah, he was the same guy, I believe, that predicted it was something like 100 million dead during H1N1. We still haven't reached that number. Nowhere close. I don't think we've hit a tenth of that. Also, the matter. same guy that had an affair uh, and and met his uh, married lover during lockdown, and yes. also got sacked from the role. So, to my mind, the, obviously Ferguson did not believe his own. You know, didn't follow his own advice. So that tells you a lot. You know, and I thought it was the Hippocratic oath, not the hypocritic oath. <laughs> That's right, Marty. What's your uh, what, what do you got for a closing point? Well. You don't get much better than that, but Steve's right. These figures are projections. Based, well, they're based on models. 
Okay, the Office of National Statistics has analysts sat in it, and that will put out these projections, and they'll have think tanks of mathematicians and statisticians that will put all these things together. They'll run it through a computer model. They'll add on a factor um, because of the how virulent COVID-19 is, and that will obviously give you an increased number on the overall deaths from COVID-related diseases for the year. So when we get to winter and, uh, and you know, you've got damp, cold conditions, people are more run down, people will be more vulnerable. And I'm sure because they decided to release a deadly virus in the centre of China, which is now spread across the world, that this year's flu deaths, because let's face it, flu is a coronavirus, will be considerably higher than last year's. Did I just hear you say that they released a deadly virus in the middle of China? Did I just hear you say that? Yeah, I said it and I believe it. I I said it right from the start that I don't think this was this didn't happen from a bat and a pangolin in in some wet market. This was a virus created in a lab and it either got released by accident and and it's all terribly unfortunate or it was released deliberately and and we were all part of some big experiment. So, yeah, I said it. First, I've heard of your opinion change. All right. I figured you would have told me that on the phone earlier today to brace me for that one. That's uh, that's quite shocking. That's breaking. All right. Uh, Bruce, you got any closing points? Stay informed. You know, try to research all the stuff you can and try to take both sides of the media, you know, left and right and find somewhere in the middle because uh, we're, we're not as we've you know pointed out um we're not sure we're being told the entire truth and make up your own mind you know make up your own decisions if you if you want to wear a mask out in public you know that's your choice it shouldn't be the government telling you that you have to but you know that's me government bad you know you mentioned there about um informing yourself and and trying to stay informed that's one of the biggest things that i think people are kind of ignoring in all this is they're watching the televisions they're watching the mainstream media they're thinking that yes these people are going to give me the truth well they're going to give you something it's not necessarily going to be the truth or it'll be half truths skewed with a bunch of nonsense they've monopolized the perception that's what it is we talked about it when um when we discussed our topic on the psychological trauma of public health, they monopolize your perception using the mainstream media as a medium to carry that agenda. So they have a compliant population. But I think the most important question we have to ask ourselves is, do we actually see what's happening? I mean, I see it, right? I think, Marty, you're, you see it, but you don't want to believe it. Steven, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you see it. Bruce, you see it. We see what's happening. Now, you as the listener, do you see it? Do you know what to think? Do you know what to believe? Because I think that's where a lot of people are at. They don't know what to believe. At least the people that I'm I'm speaking to back in the U.S., they're telling me no one knows what to believe anymore. Do you even care? That's my other well, yeah. Question. Do you care? That's that's a great that's that's a great point. Do you even care? But what are you prepared to do about it if you do care and if you do see it? I think what we're seeing, and this is just me, what we're seeing is no less than what we fought the wars for in the last century to break away from. Only they've brought it up to the new age. Marty, you mentioned about them bringing it up to a new timetable. They they pushed everything forward. And that's where they're at. Yeah. They had to move if up. Our, if our friend Carol Quigley is right, and he's written some very big books and, and seems to be on the money with most things, almost to the Nostradamus level of predictions, mm-hmm. um, then, yeah, what we're seeing could be the end game of a new world order that are trying to grab power and control. These people are already fabulously wealthy. Money means nothing to them anymore. 
and they are driven to gain power and control because that's the only currency that means anything to them. When you've got billions, you know, money doesn't matter anymore. No, you're right. You're right. We do have the out-of-control autocrats. They're entrenched in our national governments, and they're grasping at the only lifeline they've got left, and it's public health. They made it, so Here's the genius thing about it. They've made it about you. They've made it about keeping you safe from yourself. What are you willing to do? That, that's the question here is, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice in the name of saving yourself or someone else? You see how they flip this? As you put it earlier, it's a system of redirection that's being put onto our respective nations in order to save their sorry political careers. That's all it is. They're oppressors. They're authoritarians. What we covered the other day, in a real sense, and this is really frightening to think about, but please go back and listen to it. They're torturers. We discussed it a few days ago, the psychological trauma of public health. Please go back and listen to it. Look at what they've done. Look at what they're continuing to do as a result of their own incompetence. I've said before, and I'll say it again, they never admit fault. They double down. And they're going to double down again and again and again until we, the people, stop them. You know, I've worked criminal cases in my life. The behavior that they're emitting, it's no less than criminal insanity. That's what it is. They can't stop doing what they're doing. They will not stop doing what they're doing. But see, in their minds, they're out of control psychotics that want to be stopped. They want people to stop them. This is why serial killers get on their crazy little whatever it is that they do, and they eventually get sloppy. These people are sloppy. They are sloppy. They want to get caught. They know that we know. That's the worst part about it. And so they're just going to continue on, and they'll continue to push. But see, are the governments of our respective countries, are they doing this of their own accord? Or are they being ordered to do so by powerful people behind them like we talked about? You know, I personally believe it's the latter. We've spoken here on different groups of, you know, we believe that might be linked to, say, you know, a, a new world order or whatever. Right now, rather, that's a shadow group of people that no one knows or an illegitimate body such as the United Nations, the World Health Organization, the Chinese Communist Party, which to me, that sounds more like it. Where's the attention not being paid? on the world stage. Where's it not being paid? We're getting all the attention on the US. We're getting all the attention on the UK. We're getting all the attention. It's starting to come back up on Europe. We're starting to get attention back on Australia. Nothing about China, not word one. Although we're seeing research, in quote, research coming out of China saying, well, these are the steps that you need to take. Since when do we listen to them? What, since we decided to pull out of their organizations? Since we decided to kick them out of our, our country's infrastructure, such as Huawei with the United Kingdom? So who carries the agenda? For the CCP? Well, we already know the answer to that. It's the United Nations. It's the World Health Organization. It's the mainstream media. These so-called elites of the world, as Marty put it, they're finished. Their time is over and they know it. This is their revolution. This is their end game. They've got nothing left. The Maxwell arrest, right? Ghislaine Maxwell. She's been arrested. Epstein's number two. The corrupt network kingpin that holds everything together. The political class, the celebrities, the sports stars. It's all on the verge of collapse and they know it. And you say, well, how are you tying that to, to all this? Well, we need a distraction, so we're not paying attention to that, don't we? So what do they throw at we the people in the midst of all this? What do they throw at us? Threats, mandates, rules, shufflers that shame you, riots in the streets, attacks on police officers, desecration of our monuments, trashing our culture, calling us racist. These are the acts of cowards, losers, unfulfilled degenerates. The elites are broken people inside. And so are the people that do their bidding. We have a duty to refuse what they throw at us and to stand up for what we know is true, what we know is right, what we know is just. As I said earlier, see, they don't possess any of these things. They don't even understand any of these things. They understand one thing, obedience, right? Obedience that's handed down 
to you and to your nation. They want you to obey. They want me to obey. Well, you know something? I'm not going to obey. I'm not going to capitulate. Are you? Will you? You know, I've said it before, and and I'll say this again until I'm blue in the face. I, I don't care where you come from. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care what your political affiliations are. I don't care. If you're Western, if you believe in life, liberty, freedom, justice, and common sense of, for, and by the people, then we're brothers and sisters in that fight and to all who seek to extinguish that very idea. Yes, we are all in this together. And yes, it is happening here, whether you want to admit that yet or not. It is happening here. So it's time for us to make a stand as a united people of the West and say no. Benjamin Franklin, right? The great Benjamin Franklin, who I'll give you, I'll give you credit, Marty. He's a he's an Englishman, right? Uh, Benjamin Franklin. He said most famously at the signing of the Declaration of Independence in 1776 against an oppressive king at the time. He said, our task is clear. We must indeed all hang together or most assuredly, we shall all hang separate. That's all I had tonight. Thank you guys for your time tonight. Marty, thanks for being here. Bruce, Stephen, thank you for coming in tonight. You guys have a good evening. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.